Super Bowl week. Hello and welcome to Big Ben and K-Win. We are live from Radio Row in Las Vegas. Just kidding. We're either in our offices, our basements, or our closets. But this is our third broadcast, our third Super Bowl show this week. And even though you out there, ESPN, Fox, all you pundits, you feel some kind of way about Brock Purdy, we think he's going to. You're going to have to tune in to find out. Each week, we broadcast live on NoFilter.net, Caffeine TV, and YouTube. Tonight, we're going to talk about Super Bowl 58, the keys to the game, Usher, Usher, Raymond's halftime show, Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, the legacy of these coaches and players, and much, much more. I'm K-Win. He's Big Ben. He's Delvin Cox, and he, yes, he, Delvin Cox, invented the fade haircut and not Travis Kelsey. <laughs> man, it's great to be back, man. It's it's been a minute. It's been a minute. You know, this has almost been a tradition of me being on these Super Bowl episodes. So it's great to be back in the seat again. Absolutely, and the and the and the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl again. I'd rather have you on our 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 podcast than watch the Chiefs play the Super Bowl again. <laughs> this this is gonna be interesting to say the least because it's. So much has changed since the last time they've been in the Super Bowl, just optics-wise, because the originally the story was Patrick Mahomes and you know the whole thing about him being a black quarterback and being an elite. They were kind of comparing him to the elite to the, in his time, stuff like that. Now the, this whole Super Bowl has kind of become like Taylor Swift gate. <laughs> like the the big story is Travis Kelsey dating this woman, and it's, it's an amazing, weird season. To say the least. Well, in the last time they played, it was 2020. And then after that, the world saw COVID and the pandemic. And there's a lot of stuff going on. So someone broke it down. Same teams, but different teams at a different world and climate that we live in today. Yeah. Very weird. Very very weird how much so much has changed in like what four years now? Yeah. Just night and day. It's just, but like I said, like the last time we we saw these teams, it was just two completely different teams, and the story the storyline was different. And now I'll, I'll probably even say people were favoring the Chiefs back then, and now because of the Taylor Swift thing, people are like we want to see the Chiefs lose. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like it, it's turned so much that it's just a fast, just a fascinating thing to watch. Because when you win, like, for your first time and you get your momentum and everyone loves you, but, like, once you keep winning, once you keep showing up, we saw it in my Golden State Warriors, all of a sudden you become a villain and people are just rooting for you to lose. Yeah. It's, it's just been a, a weird ride, though. But it's been it's been an interesting season because earlier during the year, there were several teams that looked really good and looked like they could be Super Bowl contenders. The Lions – Looked amazing, to say the least. Like I was shocked how well they played. And even the Dolphins had that spark in the beginning. It just kind of flooded out. And it's been a it's been it, a really fun season. It feels like to me the Chiefs kind of have fallen into the Super Bowl again. Like they have like you look at them and people would say the Chiefs, I've said it, like they don't have anyone else in Kelsey to catch the ball. Although the wide receivers showed up in big ways at spot points in the playoffs. But it's 
it's it's kind of like how are you here again i think that's that's the perception i have it's like how did you get here again you you have you have mahomes who's an elite quarterback and kelsey beyond that you have really and chris jones in the middle but i agree with you k when it's (laughs) i'm soured on the chiefs and and kelsey came out and he said this is a super bowl that i want more than any other super bowl and it's to me, it's going. I'm like, I don't understand the the narrative's been lost. I don't know. It's been lost in the game in a sense, due to what you said too. That went around the Taylor Swift and kind of we've gone horizontal now amongst so many people who love so many Swifties and so many just the general population, I guess. Well, let me ask you both this. I think this is a good topic to talk about with it. Do you think in the long run this is good for football. What I mean by that, because it, like we know that all these Swifty fans have been watching NFL games because of Taylor Swift and things like that. Well, not if they spot her, but there's a good, there's a, a, a slight chance some of them may convert to be an NFL fan, even if they are cheap fans because of it. They may, it's a good chance that some of them might stay, might support this multi-billion-dollar industry <laughs> even more. I, th- I think where I think where the intersection lies is that it's the relationship. Like you, you look at it's uh, People Magazine, every other magazine widely adopted by by this country. It's all about relationships, breakups, new relationships, and also like that's what gets people going. Or I guess when I say people, the the people that aren't watching the NFL already. And it so for that like a reality show. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We're more likely to see and when, to answer your question, I would I think we would see a magazine highlighting the girlfriends of NFL players and the dynamics between them and that would that that would appeal to the people that are going to watch the Super Bowl because of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Like that's that's the 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 storyline they're watching is like their that their relationship. Um yeah, again, I'm a little lost in 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 where Taylor really fits in all this and how big of it. I mean, can we just play the game kind of thing? It, it, yeah, I I kind of agree. It's kind of just a, it's been a weird Super Bowl because every article you see about the Super Bowl has been about Taylor Swift and everything that's going like 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 the joke came with made earlier about the haircut, the fade. People were like talking about for like for like a good. Period of time, like, hey, Travis Kelsey invented the fan. Like, no, son. That's not how that works. The <laughs> yes, fade has been around since at least since I was a kid. Like, I've been getting the fade for like 40 years now. He didn't invent that. And then there was um swag surfing with the other thing that they said, Oh, look at this cool dance Taylor Swift came. Like, that's not a dance she came up with at all. No. That's been a thing forever. But well, it's-, it's so big that the Japanese embassy is commenting on the Super Bowl because Taylor Swift has a show, I think it was last night and tonight, and they were like, Taylor will make it back. We will get her through. Like, that's how big of a deal it is. It's like a worldwide reality show. I'll say it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're right, Kay. There's so many, like, you know, the game has been, it's been a little bit muddled because you do have to address these things because they are big and people are talking about it. So you have to be understanding. And it is you look you look at prominent sites, the clicks, you know, obviously determine what's highlighted and what's promoted. 
And a lot of it is around just that, that rhetoric and, and dialogue of Taylor and Travis. And I don't know if it's bad for the game, good for the game. It's just play the game, this is, I think, is my thing. Let me, let me ask you both this question, because this is something that is along the same lines, but it's a little bit different. Have you guys seen the kids' streams they have for NFL games now? Like the Nickelodeon ones? They have the Nickelodeon one, which is interesting, which is another thing because they're doing the cool thing where they're going to have SpongeBob for the halftime show <laughs> perform Sweet Victory. Like, that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, they have, like, the um, the Disney Channel has one as well where they add their own effects into it. It's just this year in particular, it seems like the NFL is going out of their way to reach audiences they haven't reached before. Like, even with the Taylor Swift thing, that's a happy accident. Then you have to, like, I see a lot more kid-friendly NFL streams and things like that. It's been really fascinating to watch this transition. Well, well here, so my wife and I talked about this. So I'm going to go, I want to answer your question. You're exactly right. I think they're trying to get back. I grew up watching football because my dad watched football. And there was never a point in time where my mom said, don't play football because of X, right? It was, yeah. you sure, go play. But with concussions, CTE, everything going on kind of in the emerging Gen Z space and those kids coming up, I think the NFL is making an extra effort to appeal to fill the pipeline of, of you know, people that are going to eventually enjoy and watch football in the future. But they're getting backlash from actually playing. So they're trying to just bring people into watch. They say, as long as we keep kids watching, keep that balance and keep that audience, then, you know, that's their goal, I guess, is what I'm saying. It, it's a weird and fascinating thing to watch because when I, cause I watched one of the games, think of the Disney Channel one, and it's like they don't know their audience or audience they're trying to t- attract because the games, they, for those who haven't watched it, they have special effects in it, in the games. But they're like either special effects for like little tiny kids or teenagers, so it's kind of like weird. Like, who are you trying to like put this out for? Like, I think what what are the effects with that? Like, they have like characters from the Toy Story series come <laughs> on the screen after touchdowns and stuff, and they have players like they do a touchdown and a jack in the box. I'm like, this is a lot going on in this game. Yeah, <laughs> no, I gotta check it out. I haven't seen that. I, I think oh. that Nick, Nickelodeon does a better job at it, frankly speaking. I'll say one more thing, Nickelodeon aside. I listened to Mark Cuban talk about the NBA, what the NBA has done since like he started when he owned a franchise and then where it's gone to today. They're global. And they, you know, there's other leagues in other countries. The NFL only has the US really. Like they don't have other global markets out there. They tried NFL Europe, that tanked. They'll go play games in London and so forth, but there's not fans out there holding their breath for them to come back nor is there football being played on a regular basis. So NFL has to get every possible set of eyes they possibly can in the, in the, in the U.S. and Canada or maybe whatever. And that way, again, they're just, they, to your point, whether it's kitschy and, and weird like Nickelodeon football or Taylor Swift bringing more eyes to the game, they don't really, I mean, it made the NFL 300 $30 million already just by Taylor being involved. They have to squeeze out every last 
opportunity angle TV show in the U.S. You're right. Now that I think about it, like kids just don't play football in Europe or in Spain. They play the other football. And yeah. so like the market really is the U.S. market. And you don't see players coming from different countries outside of maybe a few that came to play college football into the U.S. to play the sport as you do with the NBA. Like the, the draft. Baseball too. Baseball's global. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they have a separate draft for the Dominican, I think, in the MLB. There's just so many good players down there. And that's not the case in the NFL. I think Goodell sees the writing on the wall that like, listen, this is, this is peaked. We're, we're like, this has peaked and we got to find a way to, it's not going to grow anymore. I don't think yeah. we got to find a way to, to do something beyond what we're doing. Um, it will keep growing if the ticket prices are like the Super Bowl this weekend. Nine thousand dollars a ticket, two point four million for a sweep. But in all honesty, that's the only way they can grow the game is to raise the ticket prices and stream on different platforms for different audiences in the U.S. It's, it's crazy because Ben made an excellent point. I just I, I didn't really think about it till now. The NFL, like football, like American football in general, is a uniquely American thing. Like other countries don't celebrate football like we do. They celebrate soccer, basketball, baseball. But football, like American football itself, is a uniquely American thing. And for that matter, the Super Bowl itself is kind of the same thing. Like other countries enjoy it and they watch it, but it's just such a fascinating thing. And I wonder how can they grow that. Maybe they maybe they won't be able to grow it. I mean, there's I always think of it this way. There's only so much discretionary income for your for a family to give, right? Where do I go with it? If my kid's not playing football, he doesn't really want to go to a football game, you know? Or, you know, and he grows up understanding that. I the only way they can grow it is is I feel like they've been testing out the international market is to put a team in London, right? But that's yes. going to be a wild travel experience for the teams trying to catch up coming back. But that's a hope that that local market in London or in Germany will gravitate to this team and they can create some kind of marketing or TV dollars from it. And then you have this underbelly of flag football being an Olympic sport and like all little nuances probably taking away from actual players playing football going forward. Um, this could, I, I, I bet you, if we go fast forward five years, we look at this and we go, that was the last, might've been the last real great Super Bowl in, in Vegas. Whereas next year, I, I just think it trails off a little bit. People get soured on football. While it's still hot, let's get into it a little bit. So you mentioned, you know, how are the Chiefs in here? How did they make the Super Bowl? It reminds me a little bit when Tom Brady was winning with receivers I had never even heard of. I was thinking the same thing. So my first question is, is how will Mahomes and Andy Reid's legacy be impacted with a win? I think that just kind of solidifies Mahomes and Andy Reid. I guess it's elite. Like if if you win with this team, and well, I guess for the sake of argument, 
for this, honestly speaking, the storyline for this year is legit perfect for the NFL. Like, Travis Kelsey, they've made a, a star out of him somehow. <laughs> he's a great player, yeah. but he's become the star of this team for some reason. Patrick Mahomes always been a, a great player. And I think that if the storyline goes the way it seems like it's going to go, the way the NFL wants it to go, you're going to win this game. Mahomes got to have a big day. Mm-hmm. Period. He's got he's got to go in some overtime, go up, put up some numbers, and I think Kelsey's got to be a, a part of that. And if the, if the Chiefs defense can hold up the 49ers, which is going to be also be another task, I think they got a chance to win it. I think Reed, it reminds me. So as soon as you said that around Belichick and Brady and him throwing the ball, that took me back to when, you know, Brady had Gronk and Gronk was kind of 1A. They had Edelman and, and uh, Admondola kind of running around in slots. But for all intents and purposes, if Brady needed a big catch, he went to Gronk. And Brady went away and won another Super Bowl. And Belichick didn't do squat since, since Brady left. So how much is of it is it Mahomes than it is Andy Reid? I think Andy Reid is a good players coach. He's just kept that team together, you know. And uh, and Mahomes is an elite quarterback. You can't fault Andy for having an elite quarterback, you know. You maybe pat the guy on the back. Who who was the quarter or the coach for the Ravens when uh, Flacco won it? Like. You know, he might get more credit than, say, the quarterback. Ryan, uh, what's his name? Billick with Coach Billick. Yeah, where I'm where I'm going with this is, if you got a chariot and you're sending them out of town, they're both on the chariot. They're they're both riding it off in the sunset. And I think what they've done is they've eked every ounce of talent they possibly could out of Packers Mahomes. Like they just, and he's answered it for the all extensive purposes without a 1A. And you know who is the most who's grinding his teeth a little bit about this whole thing? Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they everyone thought, including me, you take Tyreek Hill out of that equation, no way they're back in the Super Bowl. And here they are. And and, and you're right, Kelsey, somehow, some kid from Cincinnati, you know, not to say Cincinnati, he wasn't a high high profile, you know, pick receiver. No one, he didn't come out of a big, big university. Um, he grew into the player that he, he did. Um, where I was going with that question is, is the coach is always linked with the quarterback. So, like, if you look at the top of that list, Brady has seven, but six together with Belichick. Um, I think it's Chuck Knoll in another TV twelve. Terry Bradshaw, they have four with the Steelers. Joe Montana has four rings, but he has three with Bill Walsh. So, like, if you look, it's Andy Reid and Mahomes with two. It's Kyle, or excuse me, Mike Shanahan and Elway with two. So, Andy Reid can take that next step up into a category where he's got three rings, Mahomes got three rings, and I think it really helps their legacy. I still have Tom as the greatest quarterback. I've said it before. I said it earlier this week. I got Joe Montana as number two. I mean, he's four for four in Super Bowls. And number three, I still have Peyton right now. 
two Super Bowls but five MVPs. But if Mahomes wins, it's three Super Bowls, two regular season MVPs. He could slowly catch Peyton and Montana. But will he get to Brady? I think all the – go ahead. He's 28. Yeah, that's still relatively young. So, yeah, I think it's a possibility. The more Paul think about it, he's still young. If he can win with this team, he can win with the three of us. Yeah. There's a saying it's 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 not bad, it's just different. And if you all the aforementioned quarterbacks you just talked about, what are they? Strict drop pass back passers, you know, audible at the line, they could read defenses really well. You know, they they understood the position phenomenally, you know, obviously to win Super Bowls. I think Patrick Mahomes is just a little different where people look at him, they're like, man, he's just getting by with you know, a string, a, a straw, and a paper clip, you know, trying to win the game. Well, look at and those the, other teams, though. Like, the Niners were stacked during their heyday. The Steelers yeah. were stacked during their heyday. Those Dolphins, they had Terrell Davis and Elway, and I can't think of their receivers right now. I would say all of those teams on paper were better than Chiefs, but I think Mahomes is the difference maker in all of this. Yeah. He's that good. Now, on the flip side, what would a win mean for Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy's legacy? Define legacy here. Resume, like how they stack up against their peers later in life as you look at their track record of success and achievements, how they're viewed by their peers and the media moving forward. Let me ask you both this. Two questions with this. What one? What did you think of Brock Purdy before he got here to the Super Bowl? And two, if he loses, did that change your viewpoint on him? And I thought. He's a very good quarterback. I'm not going to go ahead and say he's elite. I'm going to say he's better than Jimmy G. He makes more plays. He's better for their offensive system. If they lose, I'll be disappointed because I'm a Niners fan, but I think I'll still feel the same way about him. See, I'll let you go first, Ben. Here's how I look at Brock Purdy. He, I, I said this on previous podcasts. He has the best resources of anyone in football right now. He has more talent around him and his side of the ball, including the offensive line. If I am Brock Purdy and I'm Shanahan, I tell him not to lose the game. Like, just do not lose the game. If Brock loses, Brock loses, it's because either the defense really stepped up for the Chiefs or he missed a handoff, or he made a bad pass on a swing pass. Where I'm going with this, I think Brock Purdy is a good game manager, and he does all the right things in terms of what the offense gives him. He's not incredible in the way of like Patrick Mahomes, right? Go on out, on his feet, adjustments, different arm angles, and so forth. He's a good game manager. He's he's better than Garoppolo, like K1 said, and and he's a little extra uh he's a guy that 
obviously under promise and over delivered based on this draft. So everyone sit there and go, there's no way this guy that got drafted so poorly, not in the first round should be doing what he's doing. So there's a little more allure around him. But I, I, I struggle with this. Like he's not elite, right? He's not Burrow. He's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Lamar Jackson, but I, I don't think he's a game manager. When I think of a game manager, I think of Alex Smith, like <laughs> Nick Cologne, Brent Gilmer, like those are game managers. I would put him somewhere between elite and game manager. Okay, what is that? What tier is that? I don't know what tier it is. We, the 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 semi elite game manager. Low key elite. <laughs> Low key elite. I like it. Low key elite. So I think uh, where I was going with that is the fact that um. People kind of like if the 49ers lose, I don't think they're blaming Brock Purdy for it. They're like, oh, well, we, we, he got far. They're like, they're like they're, they're, it's almost like, well, you, you'll get him next year, kid. You got far. <laughs> Whereas if the Chiefs lose, I think it all rides on my homes. Like, oh, you just did, you dropped the ball. It's just such a fascinating thing because if you look at these teams on paper, the 49ers is probably the better team. Yeah. But if the 49ers lose, no one's going to sit there and be like, well. I think if they lose, it's going to be on Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. It's like, go back to that Patriots Super Bowl 20 to 3, I think. And he kept throwing the ball, didn't run the ball. Patriots won. He loses again. And then if he loses again on this Thursday, his legacy, Big Ben. Here's what I do like. I think that's that's a positive for – for the Niners. I think Shanahan realizes the limitations of Brock Purdy and understands who he is and what he's good at and what he isn't great at. And he's not going to put him in a position where he has to be Patrick Mahomes, right? He's going to say, listen, if you, if you don't see, you know, read one, read two, get rid of it. Right. We're we're not going to set up. And so I think you're right. If it, if they do lose, it's going to be Shanahan didn't got out coached. Right. Or or Chris Jones just barreled your center for half the game and you know put Purdy on his butt, but that could happen as well. I mean, the Niners to win, they have to run the ball. They have to run the ball. They have to run the ball. They're going to run it with McCaffrey, spell him with Elijah Mitchell, Debo into rounds and jet sweeps, and I think they have to control the ball. I said it before. How do you beat Mahomes and Andy Reid? You keep them off the field. And you saw Mahomes too. I don't know if if you saw the same thing though. But when uh, last game, just sitting there in his in his big jacket, just like you know, in disarray, just disgust, you know. And they panned to him a few times, and he, you could tell he just he's not comfortable. Obviously, not being on the field, but also for any prolonged amount of time, as any quarterback would, you get you all right. I got to go make a play now. I've been on the bench too long. I got to go make a play. I got to go do something. Josh Allen is the epitome of this theory that if you sit on the bench for a little too long you want to go out and make a play yeah that's just the thing man this is going to be a fascinating super i think it'll be a fun one yes especially in vegas are you kyle are you going to show your cards (laughs) well i think you guys know i'm niners i'm going niners like, 
We've heard about this Chiefs defense, but I want to remind everyone out there, the Chiefs defense played the Raiders twice, the Chargers twice, the Broncos twice, the Bengals without Burrow. They did stop Lamar Jackson. I'll give them that. And the Miami Dolphins. But I think the Niners have more weapons. They have more ways to beat them. And we didn't even mention Brandon Ayuk and Kittle. So as long as Brock Purdy stays in the confines of the offense and McCaffrey has a big game, I got the Niners 27-24. I'm going to go to Chiefs then. I think I, I feel like Mahomes is going to have a big day. Man, I hope not. <laughs> he has this thing where he, he kind of shows up in moments like this. So I feel like he might have a big day. I I could see this. I'm, I like storylines as a way to kind of spell out what could happen. And I could see the headline, Mr. Irrelevant takes down, you know, Mr. Mahomes as a, as a storyline. And you brought up Kittle. Like I, I keep thinking about, they had tight end you. Do you remember that? Where yeah. they pulled all the tight ends together, tight end you. I think Kittle was one of the big guys that pulled that together. And that was when he was the top. He was one of the top two tight ends, I think, in the league. And we he's been a little forgotten and overshadowed, obviously, by Kelsey these last couple of years. And I think you talked about the runs, but then who's also your your best friend if you're you know, a quarterback like Bach Purdy, that's George Kittle. And when he's been healthy, he's been big. I could see another storyline where, where the Niners win and Kittle comes and takes Taylor Swift away from Travis Kelsey and rides off from the sunset. <laughs> Can you imagine the headlines if the 49ers win? The 49ers shake, shake, shake off. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be nuts. <laughs> oh, I like that. It's gonna be nuts. U.S. H.E.R. Okay, I'm 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 excited for the. My wife and I talked about what are we gonna do, and we kind of just said, what if we just stayed at home so we don't have to talk to people? We can watch the commercials, kind of kind of hang out. You know, you you kind of get all the ancillary stuff that makes it the Super Bowl. Whereas if you're at a big party, you you, you find yourself talking to someone else about something else. Yeah, just just buy yeah. some nachos and stay at home. Yeah. There you go. That's what we were doing. Nachos. Watch I was going to ask. Halftime show. <laughs> yeah. It'll be way cheaper I'm excited for us. Now. Oh, my God. Those things are going to be expensive. So they if say, I had to tell them. So, Delvin, they say the performer is supposed to open up with their second greatest hit and close with their number one hit. What song do you think Usher's going to open up with? This is a hard question because Usher is one of those artists who has hits that, well, multiple things. He has hits that certain generations know. Then he has certain hits that certain fan base know. Like, so if I was to go off a Super Bowl type crowd, I would probably say he'll open up with Yeah, with Little John. Okay. Because that seems like one that's kind of that all the people know, and that's getting the white people up dancing. They know that song. So they hear that, like, we know that song from movies. We know, we know, now we know who Usher is. Now I'm trying to think what song he would end with. He has so many songs. So many songs. See, I thought he would close with, yeah. 
That's a good too. You might think you're open with confessions. Yeah. Cause he's got some slow songs that are bangers, but I don't know if they're right for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like you got it bad. Yeah, that's why I was uh, thinking it. Confessions you, part two is kind of a faster paced song. So you probably can open with that one and close with yeah. What about my boo? And then Taylor comes down or something like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just seeing how Taylor gets incorporated into all this. Fit. <laughs> Taylor Swift Taylor on my boo. <laughs> we never hear the end of it. <laughs> oh, it, it, I wish I had a, like a, I would, oh, for all of us, a little teleportation thing. So I could go out. I'd want to go the night before the Super Bowl out on the Vegas Strip just for four hours. That's all I want. Four hours. Because this is the first time Super Bowl's been in Vegas, right? Yeah. I think so. I mean, and can you imagine people from Kansas City and then the Bay Area? Just uh, Those two don't have a lot of in common. It'd just be a, it'd be a hoot to just... <laughs> <laughs> That would see be a some, wild experience. You might have your high rollers and your penny slots, you know, and and uh, just the interesting environment. I'm excited just for that too. The the skept- spectacle that is Las Vegas. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be some who's who of who of who flying in tomorrow night or tonight to partake in the festivities. You just reminded me of something. I forget that Taylor Swift's going to be at the Super Bowl, so it may be like a celebrity-focused Super Bowl because she's there. Who are we going to see in this skybox with her? Well, well, if it's $2.4 million to get a suite, there's, I mean, you can't be just some Instagram influencer. you got, you got <laughs> yeah. to wait to you. Well, and it's close to L.A. too, right? So that's a quick private jet flight. I think we're going to see a lot of movie stars, celebrities. Buy some athletes as well. Yeah, that's this is gonna be more of a star studded Super Bowl. It's gonna be one of those. It's like I was there. I was in Vegas for the super, first Super Bowl. KC 49ers, like, and then you know you're you, you had to take out a second mortgage to get there, but you had a good time. You had a good time. I had a good time with you. Had to win it all the, all back the night after, and then you find yourself deeper in the hole. Yeah, and then you're staying in a hotel on the off the strip, you know, with a yeah. We won't go there. Did, did you guys see the thing that the WWE did today because of the Super Bowl being in Vegas? No, what happened? Because the Super Bowl being, you know, WWE was bought by Endeavor. Okay. So, so, you know, Endeavor owns UFC and stuff like that. So because the Super Bowl is in Vegas this week, they're having they had a kickoff thing for WrestleMania there. Wait, is this where The Rock was going to come back? Yes, The Rock has come back. He's he is now this is real. He is now part of the chairman. Uh, he's the chairman in WWE. Wow! And they're kind of booking this big match where The Rock's going to come back and faces cousin Roman Reigns. All around Super Bowl. All around Super Bowl. 
the but the promotion like is for WrestleMania, which is like two months out, but they're doing it around Super Bowl week to get the traction of people who are already there covering the Super Bowl. So like, hey, while you're here covering the Super Bowl, WWE's having this big event here. You can check out this press conference. It's been really interesting to watch, and it worked out really well. A lot of people went to the event. So it's kind of like an extra activity for people who are out there already enjoying the Super Bowl festivities, getting ready for Super Bowl weekend to go just watch this. Hey, there's a WWE event out here. Okay, when I was thinking about it, we've told stories of, of actually, I've, I've actually gone to a Super Bowl with my team in it, but yet not gone in the stadium and just watched it outside in a bar. This is, I think, the only Super Bowl where that would be acceptable and you would probably get an equally as good atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You're right. It's going to be really fascinating. And my question is, Kaywin, why aren't you there? It's too expensive. <laughs> Vegas is expensive in general. Yeah, I would want to go to the game, but I can't afford the game. And then I'm at the point in my life, I got to be able to sit down. <laughs> And I need a server <laughs> break my nachos, my drinks, and my pizza. I can't fight. Have, and that's too expensive because that's called bottle service. A bathroom nearby and it'd be acceptable to wear sweatpants and house <laughs> shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Oh. All, right. All right. So we have two two for Fran- or San Francisco. Delvin's got the Chiefs. I think that's a, a – the consensus is probably – Weighted 60-40 right now. At least that's what the, the, the line looks like. We got some good prop bets, K-Win. Did you get them in? I got them in. All We're right. good. Actually, you can't parlay the coin toss, apparently. No parlaying oh. the coin toss. That's brutal. Well, Delvin, all right. thank you for coming on. We appreciate you and all the people you've connected us with over the years. Just Blaze, Baylor the Great. 12 Kyle, Manny, D Murph. And we like to do comps on this show. Your comp, I hope you like it, Adonis Haslin. Because if you know, he's the man behind the scenes and behind the success of everything, grinding it. So we appreciate everything you do. Appreciate you, bro. Love it. Love it. Definitely. That's awesome. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find your content and follow you and see what's going on in your world? Oh, yeah, sure. You can, shoot, I'm on a lot of stuff. Um, if you like video games, you can check out the PSVG Podcast Network, where we run a pretty popular video game podcast called Play Some Video Games. I'm one of the co-hosts on that. If you want to get like a more serious conversation, check out the Delva Cox Experience. Anywhere you get podcasts. And last but not least, if you want something with superheroes and stuff like that, I was in an audio drama called Justice League Mortal, where I play John Stewart Green Lantern. So if you want to hear something cool, hear me as a Green Lantern John Stewart. Check out Justice League Mortal. All right, two bits of news real quick. Lamar Jackson just won his second MVP. Congrats to Lamar. And and then uh, apparently there's there's false fire alarms going off at the Niners Niners team hotel. So if if they lose, that they'll probably be a part of the storyline. Just more protection for the fire alarm at the hotel. All right, you want us to tell want me to tell these listeners where uh, they can find us? Big Ben K Win at Big Ben K Win 
on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, what's the the other one? Threads. Threads. Thank you so much. Uh, X, wherever you get your social media. And then if you'd like to listen to our podcast, you can find us on Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcast uh, at Big Ben K Win. And you can also find us on Caffeine TV or here live on No Filter Network every Thursday, most Thursdays. And we're going to, we're getting in the NBA. Oh, yeah. NBA mm. is Steph. The Warriors. 12 threes tonight, I think. 11 threes. Ooh. Oh, geez. Of course. Five games below 500. Okay. <laughs> Good night, fellas. Let's have a good Super Bowl. Thanks, Dalvin. No problem. Cheers.